everybody and welcome back. I am the Bull and this is See the Bullski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, and wellness. Last week I shared my thoughts about fear in leadership, so please go check it out along with any of my other recordings on whatever platform you are listening to this one on. I have been getting a lot more views lately and I know that is in large part due to you all listening, so I just want to say thank you so much for, for listening and following. And if this is your first time listening and you like it, please remember to hit that follow button so you get all of my new uploads. You can also share this podcast out. And if you do, thank you so much. And even if you don't, just thank you for choosing to hang out with me for a little bit. So lately, I've been seeing a particular topic popping up on different social media sites and pages that I'm a part of. And I got to say, I was a little disappointed, not necessarily by the topics, but more so by the responses to the topics of people who were looking for help and guidance. The topics in question revolved around training and developing others. Usually we're talking about subordinates. And frankly, I I was finding myself getting frustrated by some of these people who would call themselves leaders, but they were beating up on people who were looking for support, you know, for training and development. So today I want to share my tips for training a subordinate. Let's get into it. Small side note before I fully dive in. Um, Keep in mind, you know, I've been in a supervisor role in some capacity for about 14 years. Four of those years were spent as a full-time instructor teaching behavioral health services to the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and even Coast Guard. Despite my experience, though, I wouldn't say that I am the perfect trainer, and I don't think anyone really is, because to teach others is to consider that other people are individuals. So your approach likely needs to change at least a little bit to develop the skills in others optimally. Now, I will admit that this is purely my opinion, but I believe that your ability to train and develop others is one of, if not, the most important skills a leader can have. And for me, it is the most fun part of the job. I absolutely love teaching, developing, mentoring, and helping people grow as either technicians or service members or leaders. It is the most fulfilling part of my career, hands down. And it is also one of the most stressful because in a lot of ways, Someone else's career and their ability to perform, which for many jobs is what we are graded and evaluated on for promotion and job opportunities, it relies upon the supervisor's ability to teach them, right? That's the sad truth is, is that some people just aren't good teachers. They aren't necessarily bad people, but I think that some people just have a certain personality trait or personality traits that make them better suited to teach, mentor, develop, whatever. Now, that doesn't mean that as a leader or supervisor, you just neglect the needs of your people. Being a leader or supervisor doesn't mean that you're done growing. And for a lot of people I've met, they seem to have been good at their job. And the next step for them was learning how to teach others more effectively. I mean, the overall hope for a lot of people is to get good enough at your job and get promoted. But what some forget is that as you climb those ladders, you aren't necessarily expected to continue doing the same job because what... What often happens is you get promoted because of your skill set. Well, then the expectation is you're expected to pass that skill set on to others. So teaching or developing others is crucial because while at a lower level, you're evaluated on your ability to do the job. When you get higher up, you're graded more by your subordinates ability to get the job done. So just keep that in mind as you go throughout your career, civilian, military, whatever. You aren't just learning your job today for you. You're actually learning your job so that you can pass on your experience, knowledge, and skill set to others. Okay, now on to the real meat and potatoes. And keep in mind, these are just my thoughts based off of my experience. But I think they ring true for most circumstances. And, you know, this is aimed mostly at supervisors, but I do have some tips at the very end for subordinates, uh, 
at the end, like I said. Okay, number one, as a supervisor, as a trainer, start with what you know. Whether you are a mid-level frontline supervisor type or a higher up manager, it's important to always take stock and keep a realistic appraisal of your knowledge base. But, and I cannot stress this enough, you do not need to know everything, and it is unlikely you ever will. No one has all the answers, and that isn't a bad thing. Sure, there's plenty you should know and probably things that you excel at, but remember, it is okay not to be the expert on everything. I don't know everything about mental health or psychology, and I likely never will, but I know where or how to find the answers, and that itself is a useful skill to teach others. Sure, I spend lots of time and energy trying to continuously develop my own skill set, but I also know where my limits are. Why does this matter in terms of teaching others? Well, for one thing, the ability to let your supervisors know when you don't have an answer, but are able to find the answers, tells those around you that you know, you're know you trying to teach them, but it's okay not to know everything, and that it's okay to take a second to find out. I personally found that the ability to admit when I don't know and yet still be able to find the answer has improved my subordinates' trust in me. Why? Well, for one thing, it humanizes me and it humanizes leaders. And for another, it role models the behavior that we want our subordinates to engage in. If they don't know, how can they find out? Who can they ask? Also, and this comes up later, but it also helps build teamwork between you, your subordinates, and other experts who may have a knowledge base or teaching approach that you don't have that would be beneficial for a particular task, subject, or trainee, subordinate, whatever the case may be. Number two, what is your learning style? And I say this to the trainers, what is your learning style? Even though this is advice to train, train, you know, subordinates and trainees, what is your learning style as a trainer? We all learn differently, but to an extent, we all fit into a few specific categories like auditory, visual, or tactile, hands-on. Depending on how you learn is going to influence how you teach. And sometimes supervisors and subordinates struggle because how the leader learned is different than how the person they are trying to teach learns. But too often, that translates to the leader thinking that the subordinate is stupid, lazy, or incompetent. When I was an instructor, I saw and heard about this frequently, and it always disappointed me because we were the instructors. Our literal job was to teach, but sometimes staff members would forget that a part of teaching is learning how to teach and possibly even tailoring to the needs of the student or the individual, which also applies in the workforce. Now, I will admit that there are some instances where the subject or a skill it needs to be taught in a specific way, but that is not always the case. And in instances where there is flexibility to how something can be taught, it should at least be considered by the instructor, teacher, trainer. And just like before, sometimes that may mean that you're not the right person to teach and you might need to lean on a peer expert, someone else around you that is better for a particular person. The main point here is to be careful letting your individual preferences influence your ability to teach others. And it isn't a bad thing if you need to each learn differently. If you need to learn how to teach differently, if they need to learn how to learn differently. But it is the responsibility of the supervisor trainer to find a way or person to best develop the person that needs to be taught. Some people just need to read the manual. Some need to take notes. Some people need to watch you do it and then repeat it. Some need to drive and you know they need to do it hands-on while you're directing them from the get-go. 
there isn't necessarily a wrong answer and it just depends on the person. So please make sure that you have the conversation instead of automatically just doing it your way and berating the person for not learning the way that you teach. You aren't the person learning, they are. Number three, and I've mentioned it a little bit twice now, so I might as well get it out of the way. Number three, ask yourself, are you the best person to teach this particular topic, task, or skill? In today's fast-paced, ever-changing world, we can have different experiences and knowledge, even if we are working in the same, same field. So a crucial skill any leader should have is the ability to honestly evaluate the different skills amongst the pool of people available and leverage those skills in the best way to develop everybody. For instance, um, I'm, I'm decent at public speaking and you know not a lot of people like doing it or they feel comfortable. I, I've never really had a problem with it. I'll do it. Like, I don't think I'm perfect, but you know I'm, I'm pretty good at it. On the other side, I can't be the only option. So while I am pretty good at it, I also need to develop that skill in not only my subordinates, but also in my peers. There are things that I'm not particularly good at, or even just things that I don't do very often. So if it comes up, I'm probably gonna lean on my peers or whoever I think the best person is to help develop you know, not, not just that person that I'm trying to help, but also use it as a moment to work on that skill myself. You see, leaders need to have some humility. We don't like talking about it, and some people see humility as incompetence, but being humble not only makes you more approachable in human, it also fosters teamwork, and it shows that different specialties can balance each other out and support each other. When you neglect this, what I've frequently seen happen is that everyone holds on to their individual talent and they wait for their turn to step up and step on those around them to make themselves look better, which rarely ever works out and ultimately it just hurts everyone on the team. So in, if you work in a services environment, it could actually hurt your customers. So don't stop learning just because you have some authority. And even if you have a lot of authority, everybody has room to grow. And if you're not the best person to teach a task, that's okay. Lean on, e on your team, learn to lean on each other. Number four, set time aside to focus on the training. Yes, I know we all have a million different demands going on, but when you're developing a new skill or you're refreshing a skill, you need the time and space, especially mental space, to devote all of your efforts to the task at hand. If you're distracted by competing demands, your ability to learn is gonna be impaired, meaning it could just be a waste of time to even try and learn. Set specific time aside. You know, but Mr. Bull, how are we ever going to get things done if we do that? That's a great question. Here's how. You, as the leader, as the trainer, Decide what things are not the priority and sacrifice when you can, and I can't emphasize that enough, sacrifice when you can to develop your people. It sounds easy, and yes, I, I've had my supervisors come to me like WTF, wondering why things are going so slow in the moment, but I've had zero problem defending my choices, and, and here's why. I'm the supervisor and I know what can be pushed aside because I'm the expert in my field and I'm gonna make the sacrifices where I can because it's a little sacrifice now for a big payout when the person that I am training has that skill set. You, you have to be willing to make that sacrifice in some cases and if you don't or can't, your people in the job will suffer more and more because the people that already know what to do are gonna be called on more and more without any hope of reprieve and eventually they are going to burn out and then you're really up a creek. It isn't a pretty answer, but I am a fan of playing the long game because it helps everyone down the line. 
Just make sure that you have the time and space to train and be ready to answer questions. Make sure that you take the time to ascertain how well the person is learning and answer their questions. Make sure that the person you're training knows that you are okay with being asked questions. And if they ask 11 times, you answer 12 times. Although I will say if they're asking 11 times, you might want to consider explaining it differently or maybe it's time you know, to teach this skill uh, differently or maybe it's time to get somebody else in that teaches in a way that the person you're trying to train learns. Number five, once you've taken the time to train, decide what style of teach back is best. You can't just say, I trained you, you've got it, go on with your life, it doesn't work. This one really depends on the task and subject knowledge. So in one case, you could have someone shadow you uh, as you do the task a couple of times and then you watch them do it and provide feedback, which is crucial. Feedback is crucial. In uh, some tasks, you know, you have the person stew on the knowledge and, you know, then you just decide on when they should share with you what they know, like in a briefing or something. It really just kind of depends. But I strongly believe that you cannot say that you taught someone something until you see how well it took. Sometimes this is also a way to see if the person you taught or uh, if the way that you taught was the most effective. And this opens the door to the conversation about how well you taught and how well they learned. Don't be afraid to ask and receive that feedback that maybe the way you taught isn't the best way for them to learn. And please don't get offended or defensive if someone has the audacity to not learn the way that you teach. Get over it and move on. And you do this by remembering that the goal is to teach them, not just to say you taught them. Sorry, I don't know why I paused there. Weird pause. I had a brain glitch. All right, number six. This is a big one, particularly when you're having a hard time with a particular person. Ready? Is the person you're training trying or do they not care? I see this one all the time and it infuriates me to no end. I see so many people, leaders and supervisors that have this auto defense thing that if anyone for any reason isn't learning as fast as they think they should or learning the way they teach, then it's automatically the subordinate or trainee's fault. And I'm sorry, that's a load of crap. There is a massive gap between those that don't actually care and those who are trying but falling short. Someone struggling does not mean you just give up. My motto is, I will try as long as you do, until or unless it becomes a safety concern. Everybody has worth and a true leader can see the potential in their subordinates and their trainees, especially when those subordinates or trainees cannot see it in themselves. The number of young folks I have talked to that were arbitrarily sacrificed and kicked aside because they were just an inconvenience to someone is appalling. These people weren't lazy. They had lazy leaders and I'm sorry, it's just that simple. I have had plenty of students or technicians that others considered a waste of time or that you know someone else decided they have no talent and they're now running their own clinics and they are supervising just fine. No, I'm sorry, no, not better than, they, they are better than fine. They are kicking ass every day and I could not be prouder. And you wanna know what I really think the problem is? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna assume you do since you know here you are in season two listening to me ramble on. Uh, here's what I think it is. Sometimes people who are slower to learn or who possess less natural talent, they aren't lazy or useless. It's just that the current supervisor right now responsible for training them isn't going to be the one to benefit from that person. So they get kicked to the side and left abandoned. I'm sorry, but I have seen it happen and it's disgusting. It is really sad. 
because when we only value someone as they are today, we are losing untold potential and limitless possibilities. So please don't be too quick to say that people are lazy, okay? Seriously, take the time to get to know the people that you're trying to teach. And if you're sitting there right now going, I don't have time for that. Well, here's all I can say. If you can't make time for someone when they know nothing, but are trying and struggling to learn, you're probably not gonna make time for them when they really need it. And that's a problem. So the big takeaway here is figure out if the person is trying or not and act accordingly. Even if they don't care, I would still say try to figure out why. Maybe they don't care because they had a bad previous supervisor that gave up on them. And you being engaged in showing that you care is all that they need to get going. Who knows? I'm just saying, don't be too quick to write somebody off. Always believe in people, even when or especially when they don't or cannot believe in themselves. Okay, lucky number seven. Don't give away all the answers. Now, you might be confused, but one of the biggest lessons that I've learned was that just because I can teach it or I do know it doesn't mean that I should give it away. And that may sound weird as a trainer, but let me explain. I'm a book nerd, and, and a lot of my job involves book or academic knowledge, right? Yes, there are skills that I have to be able to practice, but a lot of that is based off of knowledge. Well, for a long time, uh, at one point, almost my whole team, they would come to me asking questions, and I thought the right thing to do was to provide them with the answers, right? That kind of makes sense. Wrong. I was so wrong, because what happened is that everyone, or almost everyone, they became almost dependent on me. And when I went on leave or if I was gone for any amount of time, it kind of all fell apart because I forgot to teach them one of the most beneficial skills there is, self-reliance. Now to clarify, I'm not saying the best or only way to teach is self-reliance, but teaching people how to teach themselves. I'm not saying abandon them. What I'm saying is that when and where you can teach someone to find answers, do it. Some of my old technicians are probably listening in and they're probably shaking their heads. So if you are one of my old technicians and you're listening to this, what would I say to you every time you came to me with a question, right? Say it out loud. What did I say to you? I would say, have you checked the regs or what have you looked up so far? Even though I often had the answer right then and there, I wanted to teach them and I wanted to teach you to find the answers because I am going to be gone at some point. And if you're a trainer, you are going to leave at some point, right? You may be there now to teach them, but you had to learn as well. And you need to equip your people with the skills and abilities to learn how to learn and how to find the answers. That is vastly more important than just knowing the answers. It is always going to be more valuable to know how to find the answers. Number eight, do an initial and a follow-up skills check. So this is really straightforward. Simply put, when you first get a new person, a new person to train, you know, you're the brand new supervisor, whatever, I am a big proponent of doing an initial skills check. Some people were taught wrong or they were never taught at all. And this could be your chance to develop something that someone has been struggling with in silence or they may have been doing it wrong. Have I've had this done to me. And I can wholeheartedly say that it really helped my trust in my trainer slash supervisor because it showed not only their expertise, but it showed that they cared about me. Along that same line, I love doing random spot checks. Not every skill that we learn in a work center is something that we're gonna do frequently, right? 
but we still might be expected to perform when the time arises. So I like to put reminders and I like to do spot checks to make sure that those less utilized skills stay sharp. Now, you don't have to be all gung-ho, out for blood, beating your people up. It's a skill that's not used very often. It's natural. It, it literally is cognitively natural that those skills are going to degrade. It's okay, right? You can use that as a teaching moment. Make it fun. Give them a reason. And then bring up, and I've done this, is like, hey, what if this really happened for real and you guys struggled? That impact is supposed to be like, hey, just because we don't do this all the time, doesn't mean we can let it degrade. A great example is like CPR, right? We we get taught to do CPR, we're CPR certified, but we don't practice the skills all the time. We don't have people dropping all over the place all the time, but we still need to keep that skill up. So doing like spot checks is like, hey, you never know when something like this could happen. So it's really important that we maintain the skill. So doing spot checks lets you know as a trainer where things need to be refreshed, what are people learning, who's struggling, who's not, blah, da, 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 da. So, all right. So those are just eight tips for those of you who are either are or you might be in a teaching, developing, or training role. Uh, there are certainly other tips beyond those eight, but in the interest of time, I wanna add a special part. So I'm gonna stop at eight tips for the trainers. And since I've shared some trainer tips, I also wanna share some trainee tips. So for those of you that are currently in a training position being taught, here are some tips to help you out. Number one. Figure out what you already know and what you don't know, and don't be ashamed that you're not already an expert. It's kind of like the supervisor part, but just remember that if you're in a training role, be actively engaged and take stock of what you currently know or think you know, and be willing to learn. And please be honest with what you're struggling with. A teacher or a trainer, they can't help you if they don't know where you're struggling. So just be honest about where you think you currently are and be willing to learn. Number two, be willing to accept that what you think you knew is wrong. So this goes up to an earlier point with the trainer. Sometimes what we were taught is wrong and we've been doing it wrong for a while. Try not to beat yourself up. You didn't know, you weren't the expert. You were taught by a supposed expert and you may have been taught incorrectly. Just take it in stride and learn how to learn the new way. And if you aren't sure like, well, well how do I know this is the right way now? Ask questions and keep asking questions until it makes sense. This might also include time to learn and relearn. So like reading the books, practicing the skill, reviewing notes, whatever it takes. Just be willing to put in the time and ask the questions to continue developing yourself. You have to be invested in your own development. It can't be all on the trainer. You need to be engaged. Number three, ask questions. You are responsible for your development. Yes, the trainers need to teach you and develop you, but you need to actively be trying. And if you are struggling, you need to speak up. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. And if your trainer is being less than receptive about it, I would say and try and talk to them and certainly, you know, talk to them if you can, like, hey, you know, you're, you're kind of beating me up and it's, it's kind of not making me feel good. It doesn't feel good. Like it kind of feels embarrassing, but you just tell them like, hey, that's not helpful. Um, if you can't because they're unapproachable or you telling them that their unprofessionalism is uh, unprofessional uh, and they double down, I immediately say, well, go up the ladder because that is toxic and it's not helpful to anyone. I do not buy into that hazing crap. I've, I've been the recipient of it. I, I'm sorry, it's manipulative, it's demeaning, and its only use is to try and subvert and ridicule the training, the train, the person being trained and this is just being done to enforce a false sense of superiority to the trainer. Hazing is an ego defense for the weak and pathetic. I said it, I meant it, changed my mind. 
being the trainer doesn't make you a better person or make the trainee less deserving of respect. Sorry. Usa, deep breath. Ah, okay. Anywho's, ask questions and keep asking. If it isn't making sense, let your trainer know and ask if there's another way to possibly learn. Is there a manual? Is there a way that you can practice? Is there a device? You know, whatever the case is, just ask if there's a different way or someone else that does it that might link up with your learning style. Again, kind of goes back to what I said about the trainer is your, your learning style and their teaching style might be out of sync. And that's okay, it happens. Number four, and this tip uh, is very personal, uh, very opinion, but it has been the biggest help to me. Number four, learn and go into it learning as if you need to teach somebody else because one day you will. Every trainer was a learner at some point. And while learning the knowledge or skills today and tomorrow is good for you, sure, it's also going to be needed so that you can teach those that come after you. Now, this has really hit me hard as I get closer and closer to retirement eligibility and I can see and feel the sun setting on my influence. And my biggest concern is, did I learn enough and help others grow enough and develop enough? Your ability to get promoted is often tied to how well you do what you're expected to do, what you're getting paid to do. But the unspoken expectation is that since you are good at it, we want you to teach others. So we paid you to do it. Now we're gonna pay you more so that you can teach others how to do it just as good as you. So make sure that whatever you are learning, go into it with the awareness and knowledge that one day someone is going to be relying on you to make sure that they do it right. And there we go. So eight simple tips for trainers and four tips for the learners. And yes, I could have gone deeper and maybe I will if you all enjoy this topic. Maybe I'll do another deep dive. Uh, but I specifically did more trainer than learner tips for a reason. Ultimately, the responsibility to train is on the trainer. And remember that as a person with rank, authority, position, expertise, whatever, that yes, you are valuable today because of what you know and can do. But your true value as a leader will come into play when you can effectively develop those that come after you. And ironically, the better you can develop those you lead, the better you will ultimately look because their performance can be tied to you. And if you fail to develop your people, you will ultimately fail not only yourself, but you will have failed your people. And that increases the likelihood that you will be replaced by another person who sees more value in the people that they lead than in the value they see just in themselves. Because the team can always accomplish more than the individual. So, you know, just remember that in my opinion, a true leader is defined by their people. If you take care of your people, they will take care of you. It really is as simple as that. So that's it, folks. I have had an incredibly busy weekend, and I really wanted to make sure that I got this recording out because I've been stewing on it for over a week, and I really hope you enjoyed it. Admittedly, I had some real-world demands that diminished how much free time I had for this recording, but it's still a decent one, I think. Uh, so again, I hope you really enjoy it as we go into this uh, last full week of January 2023. And uh, speaking of, I, I, I do have a confession. I made a New Year's resolution that I was going to take a little bit more me time. So I'm going to start taking the last Sunday of the month off 
for for a while. Might be for the year. Might just be for a little while. Uh, a, I need a little bit more recharge time because you know work, school, family, and whatnot. But also B, this is also giving some loot, uh, some new listeners that I have the ability to catch up. So unfortunately, there will not be a recording next week. But I will be back the first uh, Sunday in February. So until then. Be safe. Have a great week or great two weeks until you come back. And please remember to hit that follow button if you enjoyed this session. Take care of yourselves and each other. And as always, I will check you out next time.